0: This episode is brought to you by Huggies Little Movers. Huggies knows that babies come in all shapes and sizes, and your tushies do, too. Huggies Little Movers is their best-fitting diaper ever with its curved and stretchy fit. Babies, no matter what kind of butt you've got, you'll feel comfy while your mushy little tushy wiggles and jiggles all around. Huggies Little Movers are curved with up to 12-hour protection against leaks. Get your baby butt in Huggies Best-Fitting Diaper, Huggies Little Movers. We got you, baby. welcome to the shit show things are going to get weird, get weird. it's your fave villain kale kale lowry. lowry, and you're listening to barely famous fuckers hey hey everybody um this is barely famous i'm your barely famous host kale lowry and today i have someone very special you probably know him perez hilton not Paris Hilton. Um, I'm super nervous about this one and my stomach is a little bit in knots because this man has definitely written or has had someone write articles about me before. So I do want to touch on that, but I'm a little afraid to bring some, some past scandals up. We'll see how that goes. I'm about to introduce him, but get ready. This one's going to be a wild ride. Okay, Perez. I'm so excited, but also my stomach is turning a little bit because I don't know that we've ever talked in person.
1: I don't think so. I, you know, I don't, think so. I don't get out that much these days. <laughs> I'm surrounded either, by elbows. You know, I'm I'm a very very busy single father of three.
0: Okay, so we have that singleness in common. I'm a single mother of four. Four. Yeah. Um, I think our situation. Our situations are a little different, though, because I have, I have 50-50 custody with two of my kids, and I think you're just like a full-time single dad.
1: Yes. And thankfully, you know, well, it's not coming up right now, but Mother's Day is next month. And,
0: mm-hmm. you know, my
1: mother lives with me which is a little unusual, but you know, there is no normal anymore. And I just have to give my mother so much credit because she's so much more than a grandmother to my kids. So I'm not really doing it alone. You know, thank God for my mom.
0: Can we talk about your kids for a second? Like what, what is the story? Did you adopt? Did you use a surrogate? How did this happen? Um, Like what was your plan? How did you,
1: you know, for me, There were two main reasons why I wanted to go the surrogacy route. First, my dad died when I was 15 years old. So on a purely biological level, having children is a way of keeping my father alive. Like he literally lives through them. Their DNA is his DNA. His blood is their blood. And then... The right. second reason is, you know, I grew up in Miami. Both of my parents are Cuban and it's a very Latino thing, especially for men. You have to procreate. You have to, you, you must. It's a, and so, you know, I grew up believing that and, and I, you know, still carry that with me. So I wanted to, uh, but I think that, you know, however you have a family and whatever you define your family as, it's all special and beautiful.
0: I agree with that. I get a lot of, as you know, backlash because I have three baby dads. So um, I get a lot of backlash about it, but it somehow we all make it work and, you know, it's not always perfect, but it, this is us.
1: I mean, and you know, that's your situation, but then I guess you could say, well, thank God for Nick Cannon. You know, it's like, yeah, my life is a little hectic, but look at Nick Cannon. (laughs) He's got five or six baby mamas and eight children
0: in (laughs) a very short time some of them in the same year
1: yes I think what's (laughs) going on with Nick Cannon if I'm putting my you know Dr. Perez hat on which I love to do he's I public figures smart ones and you are a reality TV star, so this is your job, right? Um, yeah. Smart public figures give the illusion that they are revealing themselves to the public, but then they still keep a lot private and hidden. Um, I think Nick Cannon has – and he's opened up a little bit about some of them, but he's had a lot of health issues very serious okay. health issues that he struggled with, multiple health issues. I think he might have even had a super serious scare uh, that he might have di- been, been dying or he was going to die or something like that that really shook him to his core. And I think that that fear of death and that just his health situation might be behind all of this because – The children have not been accidents. He's worked to have these kids. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, he can afford it. I mean.
0: It is a little bizarre to people who don't know what's going on and why someone would plan it this way. Um, But I mean, at the end of the day, I try to look at it from both perspectives. One as like a human who's not on TV. And then also from a standpoint where I am on TV, like I, I try to be a little more um, open-minded, but it it is very bizarre um, when you yeah. don't know what, what is going on.
1: And um, speaking of TV, how long have you been on the show now for? How long has, has your teen mom experience been going? At least a decade or longer? Um,
0: 12. My son is 12, 12. My oldest son is 12. So, And then I was filming before he was born, so around 13 years.
1: Wow. I know. And Isn't so that, much I, has... I rem- so much has Go changed ahead. since you started, right? Like, it's a whole new I world. Know.
0: It feels very surreal. Like, I still wonder how this happened and how I got on TV. But that's what, That's some of the questions I have for you. Like, how did you end up, like, the Perez Hilton? You're a household name. People know you. You have PerezHilton.com. And, you know, you became, like, essentially an overnight sensation, especially for me because I think you started to really take off around the same time, maybe a little bit before um, I got on TV. So prior to that, I hadn't really followed pop culture or anything. But once it was like social media took off, you were taking off or had already taken off. So how did you get here?
1: Yeah. I mean, I started forever ago, literally a lifetime Mm -hmm. ago. I began in 2004 when social media was really at its infancy and there was a lot less of it. You know, I started around literally like the the same month or so that Facebook launched. And when Facebook first launched, it was just for college students. I don't know if people remember that. It was just for college students and it was invite only. Um, You know, I discovered the world of blogging. And what's interesting is had I started – Six years later, I might have been a YouTuber and not a blogger. Had I started fifteen years later, I might have been a TikToker. You know, whatever it is, social media, the world, life is constantly evolving. Uh, but I don't know. I I think I'm kind of the first influencer, really. For uh, sure, there was like no. OG. Yeah, there was no blueprint for me to follow. Now, in the wake of. Perez Hilton, uh, there's actually like a cottage industry. There are managers that specialize in representing influencers and smart managers know what to do to set up their clients for long-term success. I'll tell you that. Now, you ha- you have to diversify them because the shelf life of the influencer keeps getting shorter and shorter and shorter. You know, I – And listen, I like to keep it real. I'm not as relevant as I used to be. I'm not hot, but neither is Paris Hilton. You know, that's just what happens. I used to be an it girl, but I am still an icon. And icons are are forever. Yeah, icons (laughs) are forever. Uh, You know, I love. I I get anxious and. Sad um, for a lot of influencers that get success at a really young age. I mean, even yourself, like you're lucky that you've got, gotten this gig that has been such a blessing that's kept going for so long. But a lot of these influencers now get success when they're still in high school. And it's so hard to maintain that. And I'm concerned that we're going to have this generation of people in their late 20s that are really depressed because they're thinking – I peaked when I was a teenager, and it's not as good as it was when I was a teenager, and I'm not making the money that I used to make when I was a teenager, and that's why you see a lot of these young influencers that used to be hot four, five, six, three years ago. Now they're turning to things like OnlyFans, and listen, I'm still going to keep it real. Am I judging somebody for OnlyFans? Yes, I am. Would I want my daughters or... Yes. Would I want my daughters or sons doing sex or son doing sex work? No. If that's what you feel like you need to do to make money, then okay, fine. But I think it's short-sighted because people who've paid to see you nude – they're not going to keep paying that forever. You're going to have to keep like anything with social media. You're going to have to keep evolving that content, one upping yourself, collaborating, going from just nude to actual pornography. And then I, I do think OnlyFans, it- it's like marijuana. It could be like the gateway drug. It It is – A lot of prostitution going on there too. And there's nothing wrong with that either, but I'll judge it. Okay. The people who say they're not going to judge it, they're lying. I have my opinions and that's that.
0: (laughs) Is OnlyFans... Like I thought for some reason I heard a rumor that they're not doing like sex stuff anymore.
1: Well, they tried. They tried to change it, but then the creators revolted and they said... Us sex workers are what made OnlyFans so popular. What it is. How, how dare okay. you now say that we can't do this? So then OnlyFans changed their policy that they had changed and it was a big to-do.
0: I'm going to tell you guys about Luminous because I don't have a ton of time to get ready in the morning. I have four crazy kids and three dogs that I just don't have the extra time to put my makeup on and so I'm always looking for a faster way to do my makeup. I want it to be simple, easy, and look flawless and it's pretty much impossible for me to do that um, with all the chaos I have and also it never matches. I've talked about it on my Instagram stories before so I am going to tell you guys about Luminesce. They have a brand new Breeze Cordless Airbrush Makeup. And the Breeze is completely touchless, so it you don't have to touch it or use a sponge or anything to put your foundation on. It's super fast and easy, um, and you don't have to clean anything up. With Luminous, you get three times more coverage while using 10 times less makeup. And if you're like me, I'll use my product to the last drop because I don't want to spend money on more products and I don't like to waste my stuff. The Breeze airbrush is handheld, cordless, rechargeable, so you can bring it anywhere you need it. Um, so whether you're heading back into the office and updating your beauty routine or just looking for a better, faster way to put on your foundation, we've got good news right now. If you go to BreezeToday.com famous and put in promo code famous, you'll receive 50 off their airbrush makeup system plus free shipping and because you're a listener there's a special free eyeliner valued at over $20 just for you included that's 50% off plus free shipping when you go to breeze famous and use promo code famous don't forget that you get 30 days to try out the luminous breeze and if you don't love it you can send it back for a full refund I think you made a really good point about the influencers. Now, I think um, as Teen Mom, you know the ratings are really dropping for us. Um, I I wasn't on like three or four episodes this season by choice, and um, it's it's an interesting point because I feel like with the lifespan of the show and how long it has been on the air, I also do feel like there does there does come you know a time where it's run its co- run its course and i think that goes for you know every reality show but yeah. you made a really good point about just like influencers in general um you know someone who might be popular for a year or two years and they're making the quick money and they get that quick fame it actually goes away just as quick and when you get used to like that instant gratification of money and attention and it goes away quickly um it Believe it or not, could it really can cause like depression and like just that's what I said, and,
1: like, yeah, stress.
0: yeah. And not only no, that, I like that's a really
1: good point. Not only that, you know, when you're hot, everything is easier. Like you know, we live in such a shallow world. When you're young and you and you're pretty, engagement. You can literally, if you're like a hot dude or a hot chick in, in your, and you're 20 years old or 21, you can make a shirtless video or a bikini video and literally just stand there and get millions of views on TikTok. Fast yeah. forward 10 years from then, it's going to be really hard for you to get the same amount of views and engagements doing the same exact thing. And young people that have this sudden, social media fame don't realize that and they end up making a lot of mistakes. You know, one of the best one of the best bits of advice I could tell anybody, and you don't need to want to be an influencer, you know, in whatever profession you're at is I don't know about you, but I'm older. So I grew up hearing this mantra. Live within your means. Live within your means. You know, we were taught that, but I think that that's not the message that we should be sharing with each other and young people. Do not live within your means, live below your means. We really need to stress that. Yes, you can afford that fancy dress. Yes, you can afford to go to Europe on vacation. But maybe instead of going to Europe on vacation, go to go to Las Vegas. Maybe instead of that fancy dress, buy two cheap ones at H&M for half the cost or whatever. You know, like we don't as a society, we're not saving as much as we should. And I understand that a lot of people are living paycheck to paycheck, but if you're not living paycheck to paycheck, Try to be more mindful with your spending, because if you're lucky enough to be making a lot of money right now, you think you're always going to be making that much money. And hello, look at the pandemic that upended all of our lives and taught us that nothing is certain.
0: Oh, 100 percent. It's crazy because I only in the last couple years, I was able to get a financial advisor and talk to him about things and really think about the fact that this show. Look at that.
1: Look at that. Yes only in the last few years. I I was in a, yeah, exactly. I I actually was the exact same thing happened to me. I was very successful making a lot of money and I didn't have a financial advisor. And only now that I'm a grown, grown up and, uh, (laughs) the last few years, have I, have I started to have this dude help me investing and, and all of that stuff. But I wish that I think that, that there's a lot of fear of the unknown and like I was afraid of the stock market. I'm like, oh, that seems too risky. I'll just keep my money in a savings account, making very little money. So that's just another lesson. you know. If you're afraid of something because you don't know about it, familiarize yourself with it or have people that are experts in that to help you.
0: Totally. Even if you aren't making, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars, but you have some type of savings. I can't, I wish that I had a financial advisor the, t- the same year I started the show because I had no idea. I mean, I have for so many years, I had nothing to show for it. And only now I'm able to say like, this is where my money goes. This is my emergency fund. This is my regular savings. Like people don't, you know, they don't know where to start. And I think that it's a huge problem in the U.S. is like financial literacy. We just don't have it.
1: I think we should absolutely, yeah, we should be teaching that as a requirement to graduate high school. Like, yeah, you know, totally. I made so many financial mistakes throughout my 20s. I ended up filing mm-hmm. for bankruptcy. What a mess. You
0: did. <laughs> Oh, my goodness! I did. So I have a question so while you were taking off and you were writing all of these you know i guess celebrity gossip were were people and other publications writing about you?
1: Yes, because I knew how to work it all right. <laughs> I purpose <laughs> I I purposefully made myself part of the story I always tried how can I inject myself in this situation let me tweet that celebrity about this or whatever it might be you know I I am not a well I am a business person but I did not mm-hmm. graduate school from business school I went to New York University, and I studied drama. So uh, I, uh, I, you know, I, I, I'm an actor who got sidetracked. Yeah. Uh, but I, I've always thought uh, outside the box. You know, it's like, or even at the very beginning of my career, you know, that old saying, "Fake it till you make it." I didn't have, yeah. and actually, this is true of a lot of influencers. At the very beginning of my career, I had no money, right? And not like I'm mm-hmm. crazy wealthy either now, but still back then I would go to all of these parties and I was living in a, in a little apartment with no furniture, <laughs> you know? So uh, it, it, a, a perception is reality a lot of the time.
0: It is. This is true. This is so true. Um, do you remember like the first article that you wrote, or the first blog that you wrote that you really feel like took took off for you, or do you, or do you think oh, it was absolutely. like just a bunch at once? You do. Uh,
1: well, there were two two pivotal things that happened within the first year of well, three. There were three. I'll try. I'll try to make them brief. There were three pivotal things that happened within the first year. The first thing that happened two months after I started my. Little blog at the time. I was working as a receptionist at the E Network. And oh, one wow. day, yeah, because I still had a day job, Janice mm-hmm. Dickinson comes in. And in 2004, Janice Dickinson was a big deal. She was a on Top deal. Model, and Top Model was mm-hmm. a very successful show 18 years ago. Mm-hmm. And she was a character. She goes up to me at the desk and says, honey, do you like my shoes? And I look at them and I'm like, yeah, they're lovely. And she goes, do you know how many men I had a fuck to get these shoes? And I'm like, uh, I don't know, but they're worth it. <laughs> and then she says, which way to the bathroom? And I'm like, go oh, down the hall to your left. She starts going to the bathroom, stops halfway there, screams in the middle of the crowded E lobby. She says, shit, I forgot my tampon. <laughs> Goes back to the reception desk where her gay boy assistant had her purse and was with me sitting down and Gets her tampon, goes to the bathroom. While she's in the bathroom, Janice Dickinson's gay boy assistant opens her purse up, gets this prescription pill bottle, snatches some of her pills and puts it in his pocket. So that all happened in front of my eyes, and I had just started my little blog a few months before that. So I got home that night, and I'm like, "Uh, should I write about this? Should I not? I literally put some thought into it. I'm like, well, I'm not revealing any e-insider information. This happened in the middle of a crowded lobby. So I wrote about it. The next day, this hot blonde dude from Human Resources comes and gets me, takes me to his office, and says, did you write this? And I said, "Uh yeah, and he says you're fired <laughs> so but that but that actually was amazing because I had no idea people were reading what I was writing. like I literally thought that nobody was reading off. i'm like how, how wait, how do people even know i didn't even think my friends were reading my little blog that I started two months prior to that, so that happened." I started in September 2004. I got fired from E! in November 2004. In February of 2005, this TV show that isn't even on the air anymore called The Insider, which was the sister show to Entertainment Tonight, they reached out to me and said, we're doing a segment on Hollywood's most hated websites. How would you feel if we include you and if we make you number one? And I was like... I'd rather be number one than number two. So we did that, and that was a big deal. But then the thing that really – it actually crashed my website in May of 2005. I had a source, and I would never do this now because I don't want to get sued. But at the beginning of my career, I didn't know better. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. It was all new. It was like the wild, wild west. This source leaked to me first information. So I got the scoop before everybody. This source told me that Brad and Angelina were on vacation together as a couple. And I'm like, what? Holy moly, because that was like their public coming out. It had been rumored prior to that, but there had been no official confirmation of anything. Then I heard there were photos and I reported, oh, my God, there's photos. Then my source, who actually used to work at a British Celebrity Weekly and his magazine bid on the photos and didn't pay enough so they didn't get the the, the photos – they leaked the pictures to me and i published them on my site scooping everybody and it crashed my website it was wild and crazy
0: but how did you so get those these three sources? things were pretty like when... major
1: it was very organic i all of a sudden you know i i it's important to check your emails check your dms especially if you do what i do so in 2004 i started this relationship with this journalist at this British celebrity magazine, who was just a fan of what I was doing. And we just developed a friendship. And when it came time, that relationship really paid off.
0: <laughs> I'm just like, so taken aback because I feel like, how do you, how do you verify the information? Like if you didn't really outside well, that of
1: one like that, Well, that was a great example. Cause you know, that's, that was a journal. Like, the person was emailing me right. from their work email. So I knew that they really worked for that British magazine. So when they said, oh, this is going down, I'm like, I hadn't, I absolutely believed them. Right. Yeah. Even at the very beginning, still from back then, I, I, I always, listen, I have been wrong in my time, but I've always taken what I've done seriously. And I've never knowingly made up a story. I've never purposefully made up information. Okay. That's that's okay. something I, I still I mean, take very um, seriously.
0: Have you followed teen mom drama a whole lot? Or do you just kind of, are you done with the, the, and you have writers that do your stuff for you? Or like, what does that look like today for you?
1: I mean, I have staff. Absolutely. Cause I'm doing yeah. so much. Yeah. Like, I mean, even just, mm-hmm. I need help with social media. I have my websites social media accounts and then my own personal social media accounts. And there's a lot of crossover, but my staff is not that big. You know, it's very small because I'm very cheap. And, you know, (laughs) I've learned from my mistakes in the past, but I follow. I absolutely pay. I'm not like glued to everything. I think I even we even wrote about the, the big shakeup over at Teen Mom where they're like consolidating all of the. Franchises into like one new show that you're yeah, a part of, yeah, and uh, that I hasn't premiered so. yet, right?
0: No, but you're not a part I of think it. I, I don't, right now, the way that I look at it, I just don't, I just don't want to.
1: Is that your honest answer, or were you not asked to participate?
0: Yeah. No. They asked me, they called me, um, and I congratulated them on, you know, being able to do that because- So why did you
1: say no? Why, what, what, was the reason for, oh, I'm not really interested. Did they not offer you enough money? Is that it? I, I
0: think that's part of it. All right. Do you think that's part of it? I
1: like the honesty. Okay. And I understand that. I get that. You know, if you're used to making a certain amount per episode, you're not going to want to take a paycheck, a pay cut. Absolutely.
0: I just think I also have so much more going on that would fit into, you know, there's 10 stories essentially – Um, I personally feel like I have enough going on to do my own show. And unless they want to offer that to me or they want to, you know, work on something like that, I just don't know that it would be, why am I going to take a pay cut to do the same amount of work to also not be able to tell my story in the full transparency? And I want to do that, you know, despite what other people may say. Like, I want to tell my story, but I want the whole picture painted. I don't want parts of it to air so that people can fill in their blanks. Um, And that's just how I feel. I mean, we'll see, you know, as time goes on um, what that looks like. But for now, I just love podcasting. Like I really found um, something that I love to do and I really want to focus on it and grow it.
1: I love that. Although podcasting does not make that much money.
0: (laughs) I have three though. I have three. So you have to think.
1: Oh, okay. Well then shit. Yes. Now then that's a totally different story. You have three podcasts. Mm -hmm. Holy moly. I make more than Teen Mom. What? Oh, I I got to do more podcasts then. What the F? Yes! <laughs> but you got to
0: work on it. You got to grow it.
1: How does that work? You've got three and then like you mm-hmm. promote all three all the time or...
0: Mm-hmm. So wow. I they all all three of my podcasts air on different days and two of them so one of them is Lindsay Chrisley um, she from
1: Chrisley knows best
0: mm-hmm. yeah okay so she's my co host and then on another one is my oldest son's stepmom so we have baby mama's no drama and that's and- something unique it adds another dynamic and then I have this one by myself and so they're all so different that I feel like it works
1: wow I love the hustle man that's inspiring get it
0: we try i i got four kids you know three baby dads it's a lot of work tell
1: me about Um. it i did not have anxiety until i had children that's one of the things that right you know now i have anxiety like obsessing about the future because we're good parents right Mm -hmm. the ones that think about the future are like how can i have a better future for my kids how can we all live a less stressful life be happier all of those things
0: Yep. I talk to my kids about that all the time. I actually, the last week was, um, I had my oldest son on the podcast and we talked about some stuff and I just was like, you know, I don't want him to struggle the same way I did with confidence and, you know, trying to find myself. And also my mom never put me in sports or anything like that as a kid. So I didn't really have like the same, like, well, like well-roundedness. And I I felt lost where like, I tell my kids, yeah, like I tell my kids all the time, like, try everything, even if you don't think that you're going to like it, because you may surprise yourself. I didn't want a podcast. When Lindsay came to me and was like, let's do this podcast. I was like, eh, I'll, I'll try it. But like, I'm not making any promises and I loved it. And now I have three podcasts on my own podcast network. I'm like, I have to keep doing this, you know?
1: I love that. I love that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And we're going to talk about BetterHelp again because you guys don't want to take this stuff for granted. You need to check out BetterHelp. Whether you're struggling with grief, relationships, or stress, or you're having trouble sleeping or meeting goals, online therapy may be right for you. Definitely check this out. BetterHelp is a secure online therapy that offers video phone and even live chat sessions with a licensed professional therapist. And you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. You don't have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room, which gives me crazy anxiety. And therapists have a broad range of expertise which may not be available in your area. So this service is actually available for clients worldwide and you can log into your account anytime and send a message to your therapist. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free to change therapists if needed, and definitely take the time to make sure you click with your therapist because it will do wonders for your growth and healing. That's just a personal tip um, from my experience, and you guys can visit betterhelp.com slash barely and join over the 2 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional therapists in all 50 states. Barely Famous Podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and our listeners get 10% off their first month of online therapy at BetterHelp.com slash Barely. That's better, dot com slash Barely.
1: I think, you know, you're, um, you're touching on one of the things that I'm acutely aware of. You know, it's – I wouldn't say it's easy, but it's not that hard to um, achieve success in anything that you do. You might be able to luck your way into success, especially with social media. Like you could be on TikTok and post a ridiculous video that took you three seconds to make and it might get a hundred million views and you're an overnight sensation. But while you could achieve overnight success, you will not sustain success without an incredible work ethic. You have to work hard. There's no shortcuts to sustaining. I mean, even like for me, like I've, I've been like Oprah, yo, yo, you lose, I've lost weight, I've gained weight. And thankfully, I think I've, I've gotten a good relationship with food and, and health and wellness over the last few years. And I understand what it takes. Maintaining success is the same thing as maintaining a healthy body. It requires work. That's kind of like
0: what um, Kim Kardashian, she just went viral, as you know, I'm sure. Yes. You know, (laughs) get your ass up and work. But, and I, I did have a lot of feelings on what she said, because I do think even with me getting on reality TV was luck. And so, yes, I am lucky to have gotten that spot, but I wouldn't be where I am now without the hard work that I put in to further my brand. But she then has an interview with Robin Williams where she – not Robin Williams. Is it Robin Williams?
1: Robin Roberts. Robin Roberts.
0: Roberts. Thank you. Robin Roberts. Wow. Um, total breaker. <laughs> um, and she asks her to explain it, and that's essentially what Kim Kardashian says is like, you know, she well, the, was explaining the thing about, how
1: – She explained it, but she didn't ac- acknowledge the elephant in the room, which is, yes, she worked really hard for all of this, and yes, she was able to – achieve this without having a quote talent, but she was so privileged. You know, her father was this super wealthy, well-connected lawyer. Her Mm. then stepfather, Bruce Jenner, now Caitlyn Jenner was a former Olympian and also famous and well-connected. So she had all of these doors open to her that normal people wouldn't have had. And she had so much access and so did Chris Jenner and, You know, that's why whenever people read stories like Forbes named Kim or Kylie a self-made billionaire, I'm like, uh, self-made asterisk. Like, come on.
0: (laughs) I mean, I I think you have a good point. You make a really good point. Um, I need to ask you something. This is like at the top of my list. And I don't know if you're going to speak on it, but I have to ask what your take is on Will Smith smacking Chris Rock at the oscars because i will tell you i would not have known that the oscars was even going on if i didn't hear about this like i completely forgot and just it went right over my head
1: i think you speak for a lot of people the oscars are not what they used to be for many reasons Mm -hmm. you know one is the data the data is there you know Most people don't watch as much television as they used to. They're watching content creators on social media. Mm -hmm. That's what they're doing. They're watching Mm -hmm. TikTokers and YouTubers and Instagrammers and Facebooks or Twitchers or whatever it might be. Um, And also the Academy Awards aren't reflective of what people go to the movie theaters for. We watch superhero movies and a lot of them. And those are not the ones that are being honored. Um, I think... He could have gotten the same point across had he just said, keep my wife's mouth, keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth with the tone and energy that he said that he could have achieved the same exact point. But literally getting up out of his seat, walking across that stage and smacking Chris Rock, it was Gross, inappropriate. He should have been removed from the theater immediately after that. And he got away with it because he's Will Smith. Had it been somebody else, had it been a normal person that ran up and did that, had it been a D-lister, had it been a first-time nominee from a a movie, right, they would have been kicked out right away. But because it was an A-plus lister, because it was Will Smith, he was able to sit there Stay there 20 plus minutes later, receive his Oscar for best actor, and then give an awful speech justifying what he previously did. That made things even worse. Oh, yeah. He gave a speech where he said, I'm being called. To protect the people I love. And I'm like, well, uh, yeah, you could have protect. Well, first of all, your wife is capable and is not defenseless. She, she rolled her eyes. She let Chris Rock know how she was feeling. You know, you could have defended her in so many other ways. But the way that you did to by choosing violence sent the worst message. And it was just inappropriate. And he's also been mishandling the situation since then. He waited, well, first, then he went out partying afterwards, showing zero remorse or accountability, was getting jiggy with it at the Vanity Fair Oscar party, and didn't apologize to Chris Rock until Monday evening, after the Academy denounced, in strong words, his actions. And, you know, if I would have been him... Tuesday or Wednesday, I would have somehow gotten Chris Rock, even if I had to pay him, you know, behind the scenes secretly, if I had to, because Will Smith is worth so much money, I would have somehow gotten Chris Rock to sit at the red table with Jada and have a red table talk episode and released it as soon as possible because. Then it's impossible to control the narrative, but at least you're dropping a bomb and deflecting and getting now people to focus on your spin and what you're saying and what you're in control of. Plus, also, it would have just helped – to end things sooner than later, because by him just releasing that statement Monday night and then nothing else, stories now keep coming out. And when eventually he does speak about it, that'll be another few days or longer of this drama and stupidity and he really overshadowed and and just took away from everybody else that night it should have been a celebration of all of these people and their work and now unfortunately it's just talking about this Will Smith situation
0: did you have you seen any of like the memes and all of the people talking about how Jada is kind of manipulating Will and they're actually it's like a double-edged sword. So they're coming at Will because he shouldn't have reacted the way that he did or he could have handled it very differently. But they're also coming at Jada saying that basically she manipulates him and he is a victim of Jada. I
1: have mean, you seen any of that? Yeah. Oh, I've heard all the theories. I've seen all the memes. Mm-hmm. Um, he's still a grown-ass man in his 50s who also has been in this industry since the 80s, okay? That's mm-hmm. five decades, the 80s, the 90s, the thousand, the four decades, wait, the five decades. He's been in this industry <laughs> for five decades mm-hmm. or four decades, whatever. Like, I'm not even going to count. He <laughs> should have been able to handle this better. He knows better and he chose violence like that's just there's no and there's no excusing it and what's crazy is seeing all the people that are excusing him like even a comedian tiffany haddish saying that was one of the most beautiful things i've ever seen a husband defending his wife i'm like like i said to you a few moments ago she could have defended herself or he could have defended her in so many other ways but he chose the absolute worst one
0: how interesting! I um, I I don't know. I don't even know how you because I feel like if it was other people to your point, um, if it was someone a d lister would be canceled. You know, I mean, and it's really hard to redeem yourself in cancel culture.
1: Yeah, I don't know if will smith is canceled i'm not advocating for him to be canceled either right no of course not of course um yeah i think only only time will tell what happens and i think a lot of it will have to do with how he continues to handle or not handle this situation
0: Mm Hmm. yeah um Speaking of cancel culture, you and I have been canceled several times. So, what do you what do you have to say about cancel culture and 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 how people operate? Because I believe in one of your other interviews, you had said like essentially you feel like you have been un, unredeemable um, mm-hmm. in the eyes of cancel culture. I feel the same way. I feel like I have been, in my opinion, I have been more than open to growing and being open minded and trying to change my ways and the way that I think, so that I. I want to be well-rounded. I want to be diversified. I want to be all of those things. Uh, But I can't force other people to see my growth and see my open-mindedness. And I I can't force other people to see that. And so what do you have to say about that? Like speaking for yourself and for others.
1: Absolutely. Well, I will give a warning to everybody, especially younger folks. You know, first impressions matter. And it's really hard to... Even if you grow and evolve, it's hard for people's perceptions of you to grow and evolve because they want to keep you, at least from my own experience, people want to keep me in this prison cell that is the past. But I don't live there anymore. You know, with regards to cancel culture, I believe that righteous indignation is a powerful tool for positive change, but the problem is a lot of the times we have people, you know, advocating cancel culture and woketivism as I call it, but they're doing it as a form of entertainment. Trying to get people to grow and be better and do better. It shouldn't come from a place of, oh, I'm bored and I want these people canceled. Mm-hmm. The fuck is that? No, right. you're no better. Right. You're you're no better than, than the people that you're trying to cancel.
0: Sure, sure. No, I get that. I definitely get that. I think um, it, it's so hard though because you can feel the growth in yourself, and you can you can feel your own prescri- perspective changing or outlooks changing, and other people are not. They're just not. Yeah. I guess
1: responsive or receptive to it and it just who cares about him i don't give a fuck anymore like it felt (laughs) like for a while there i was on a nonstop apology tour to all those people that are mad at me for the shit i did in my past i'm genuinely sorry and remorseful for that and Mm -hmm. if you don't like me keep on not liking me and if you want wish ill on me suck a dick Like, I live a happy life. I am blessed. Yeah. The thing that's so disgusting is people want to see me suffer for shit I did in the past. And they want to see me in pain. And unfortunately for them, I'm not suffering. I'm not in pain. I have a lot of remorse, tons of regret. I have all of this baggage that's very public. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, Every fucking person has baggage. Nobody is perfect, okay? It's just that these Mm -hmm. folks on social media, I don't know all their baggage. So it's a lot easier for them to come for me, but you know, you are not perfect either.
0: Hey guys, it's your girl, V. Rivera, back again with a brand new podcast. This time it's with my lifelong friend, me, Alessandra Gonzalez, and this is Vibin' Vibin and Kind of Thrivin' Thrivin Podcast. Podcast. Tune in every Monday to hear all about our victories, our failures. Can't forget about the bochinche. That's gossip in Spanish, in case you didn't know. So come vibe with us and be a part of this beautiful and kind of thriving sisterhood. Follow us on Instagram at vibin' and kind of thriving. We'll catch you on Mondays. So do you, when you, do you still write or does your staff write most? of? I
1: I still write as well. And my staff, everything
0: is, is your writing a lot different
1: now than. Oh, absolutely. Everything is a lot, everything, you know, from my writing to my podcast, I definitely try to approach things from a place of understanding and compassion. Mm -hmm. Um, and you can still have an opinion and your opinion could still be contrarian but you don't have to resort to stupidity. You don't have to resort to n- name calling, you know, being cruel. And th- listen, I am so objective. I don't know if I would forgive myself. I don't know if I would give myself grace if I wasn't me, because I can't even claim youth. I wasn't a teenager when I was doing all the dumb shit I was doing. I was in my twenties late twenties, and I can't even claim ignorance. I knew what I was doing was wrong, and I did it anyways, and I didn't care. I was just that selfish and cruel. All I cared about was clicks and views and making money and i, I did I did not care if I hurt other people along the way and I think and and like I own that now, and I'm like, How gross and how disgusting what a shit human being I was back then, and you I just like hope and pray can... that my kids can can learn from my mistakes, you know that's all that that's my focus now is like you know, and I have very honest and age appropriate conversations with my children,
0: yeah, I do too. I think that's that's one of the points that people make a lot is like your kids are gonna see this, your kids are gonna that your your kids are gonna this, and I'm like. That's the thing is like people that, you know, I call them trolls. Like they come at me, they attack me for certain things. And I'm like, if you think you're hurting my feelings, I'm 10 times harder on myself than than you are right now. And I want to use that as a teaching tool for my children is like, I don't need to lie to them about anything that I've done or said. I will be completely honest and I will be transparent. And I hope that they can learn from that. Um, do you think that you could pinpoint a time where you're, um, your, your style, your perspective, your everything changed. And yeah. we you were like, okay, this is – you can? Yeah, absolutely. When, when
1: did you think that was? It was in the fall of 2010, so a long time ago now. Um, there was this rash. Uh, uh, not, it seemed like a nonstop barrage of these gay Teenagers that were dying by suicide. And I had never seen anything happen like that before. And thank God we've not seen anything like that since. But in the span of two or three months, there were over two dozen queer youths that died by suicide. There was this journalist called Dan Savage that created this movement, a campaign that was very simple. It was called It Gets Better. And it, the concept of it was that. older. Yeah. Older people making videos for young folks, sharing their stories and encouraging them. So because my job is to be plugged in and know what's happening, I found out about the launch of this campaign the day that he launched it. And I think I was the first public figure or personality to make an It Gets Better video. And I thought in this moment of darkness, I'm doing something to spread light. But the response that I got to my It Gets Better video shook me to my core. The overwhelming majority of comments on my video were, how dare you? How dare you make an It Gets Better video? You're a bully. You're a hypocrite. You are part of the problem. And I'm like, wow, I'm trying to do something positive here. But people, it, it just it woke me up. And I'm like, wow, for the longest time, I had just been making excuses for my behavior and I, I I said I need to make a change. And I did after that mo- after that point. I'm like I don't care if I lose everything. I don't care if people stop reading my website. I don't care if I lose all my fame or whatever because that's n- – who I was in that moment, who I had become is not who – I wanted to be and it's not who I was in my heart. I I got sidetracked. I got, you know, social media and and I'm not making excuses. I own it. I take full accountability, but negative energy and toxicity, it's contagious, the same as positive energy. And the more you engage in toxicity and negative behavior, the more you do it. It's like a drug addiction, you know? Like the more you you do drugs and you become an addict, like the more you do drugs, you become an addict, you know? So Actually, yeah, after that, that point, point, I'm like
0: – You had did another interview and you said, I was a drug addict and attention was my drug. I knew what I was doing was bad and I kept doing it and I kept being rewarded for it. It's so interesting because energy transfers. Good, bad, ugly, whatever it is, it transfers. 100%. Yeah.
1: And- 100%. And that's not to justify – like I said, I'm not making excuses for my behavior. I was just explaining it that way to try to give a little bit of insight as to – a little bit of insight, yeah. But I knew what I was doing and I take ownership of that. And I wish I I could go back in time and do things differently. Yeah, I wish I could go back in time and do things differently. I would.
0: For sure. I think, um, as long as you forgive yourself, that's, I mean, you can't really, you can't control what other, what other people do. Um, yeah, I just was, I, I, it was interesting to read that because I feel like while they're very different, we are both, um, unforgived by a lot of the general public. And so I relate to you very much on that, even though I'm pretty sure you've written about me too.
1: I'm sure I have. (laughs) But I have dad brain. I, um, I don't even remember half the shit I wrote a year ago.
0: Oh, same. I don't remember what I ate yesterday, so I completely understand. Also, um, happy belated birthday! Um, uh, thank you. Are you yo. a Pisces? Aries. Aries. Okay. Um, I I really try to stay away from Pisces men, so it's just. Um,
1: <laughs> well, I'm not. not my vibe. I'm not uh, a Pisces.
0: <laughs> thank God. Thank God. Um, I listened to your podcast episode with Caitlin Bristow and you guys talked about um, Britney Spears and things like that. And have you ever met her?
1: Yeah, I've met Britney a few times and she's always been lovely.
0: Yeah, I hope she's doing well. I wanted to see what your thoughts are on everything that, you know, is kind of relevant to her situation.
1: I think she's doing well. I mean, she's Unpacking, as we say, and processing the trauma that she experienced for so long. And Mm -hmm. not unfortunately, like her process is doing it publicly, you know, on Instagram, almost daily, you know, commenting, which is fine. I mean, I'm guessing she talks to her therapist and her therapist thinks it's a good idea to be so public with her journey of 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 healing um but thankfully she's engaged to be married and has a very supportive fiance and i'm shocked actually that she's not pregnant yet because i know that she wants to have more children and i think that that's her priority you know her priority is just living a free happy healthy life
0: yeah and i and that should be her priority she deserves that i, I mean she deserves that i it's so sad cuz in the beginning of everything i I didn't know if I believed what was going on. I thought it was all rumors. And then, you know, the free Britney movement happened and all these documents were coming out and all of this stuff was happening. I just was like, I guess you just, because Hollywood and um, being a public figure and an icon, as she is obviously a legend, um, you just don't think that things like that could happen to people,
1: you know? I mean, and also even take Hollywood out of the picture, As a good parent, one could never imagine a parent not having their children's best interests at heart. And her father might have had her best interests at heart at the beginning of the conservatorship, but then things just went on for way too long and carried on in a way that was not conducive to her Physical, mental, emotional, spiritual well-being.
0: Well, and money is power and control. There was a sense of and
1: corrupts. And power. Yeah,
0: yeah, totally. So, um, I we kept up with it on my other one of my other podcasts, and it's just been so interesting to follow. And you know, it's sad because so many people were fans of Jamie Lynn Spears, and then it's like how that all went down. And um,
1: although I, with the, the, I have a. I have a lot of compassion for Jamie Lynn Spears, okay? Because she's much younger than Brittany and was still a teenager when her sister got in this conservatorship. And could she really have taken her sister out of it? And she claims that she did try and help along the way. Um, You know, Jamie Lynn Spears is not the villain here. Could she have done more? Sure, but is she the villain that people are painting her out to be? I don't think so
0: okay, okay that's a good perspective I think I'm um, okay I just i she's my age I think I just turned thirty um and no I agree while I do agree with you on the teenage thing and she was young obviously she has more she doesn't have more control than her than her parents than her own father but I don't know, like writing a book and the timing, I just feel like was more of, um, self.
1: I understand that as well. Uh, More than self-serving. It was, it was, she believed, this is my interpretation her relationship with Brittany by that point had been so strained for so long. She's like, well, fuck it. I don't even care anymore. I don't give a fuck. Like, my sister's dead to me. You know, like, kind of that shit. Like, my sister... Continues to not have my back because I know that Jamie Lynn prior to that for a while had been getting a lot of threats and hate sent her way from Britney's fans. And she probably thought my sister's doing nothing to protect me. My sister's doing doing nothing to protect my children. My sister doesn't care about me. Normal, valid emotions and feelings. And we also have to remember, Jamie Lynn also grew up in a dysfunctional family with her alcoholic father and her own trauma as well. Like, she didn't have it easy either. Yeah, maybe she had it easier, probably had it easier than Britney. But she still had really fucked up shit happen to her throughout her life as well.
0: This is true. It's a perspective is everything. And I just, I, it's so when you talk to different people who have different perspectives and then you really sit with them, um, you know, it's a little hard to see sometimes other people's perspective, but when you finally do, you're like, okay, now, now I under, I could understand that. So that's, I mean, you make really good points. Um, I had one really good listener, well, not listener, but a fan question that I was so intrigued about um, on my Instagram story. I did not know this about you. Um, They asked if you still have another apartment for your dates.
1: (laughs) Um, I do not anymore. And I regret that. Wait,
0: wait, wait, wait. Can you please elaborate on this? Can you give context? Because I'm not aware of what they're talking about, but it sounds kind of, um, it sounds really smart.
1: Well, when I I lived in New York city for about three years, um, Mm -hmm. from 2013 through 2016 Mm -hmm. and I had my son then, so he was a baby and I also, you know, had my nanny that helped who was sleeping over Mm -hmm. So I didn't feel like I I could have guys over at my place. So I rented out another apartment as like my bachelor pad, but I regret that now because I'm like, oh, that really was a waste of money. You know, like, I mean, I used it, but still (laughs) it, 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 it was a waste of money.
0: A waste of money, but I feel like it makes sense, right? Like if you have the money and you don't want to bring these people to your house and maybe you don't necessarily want to go to theirs, I feel like for a single parent, that makes sense.
1: I wish I had a garage here because then I would just <laughs> use my garage, but I don't. So now... No, we're not hooking up in garages, i Well, I've, I've also then, you know... Let me tell you, I had a great time in New York City those three years. Big slut. And now, since that since my three years in New York City ended, I have not had sex since 2016.
0: Oh my gosh, Six- Perez, why? Why?
1: It's just hard. I mean, and also it's I feel like it's way easier in New York City. There's more gay men. You're living in a concentrated area. You know, there's more people in a smaller space. There's more like-minded individuals. You can find your theater gays, your fashion gays, whatever. And also the best thing about New York City is that you know, there's no um segregation. In Los Angeles, there's a lot of segregation, meaning West Hollywood, like the gay neighborhood, it's geared mainly towards and welcoming and embracing only of young gays. And old gays don't really go out. Whereas in New York City, old gays go out everywhere and they're hanging out with young gays and the young gays respect their older gays and they chat and they learn and they have drinks. And it's just a much better vibe. So I don't, I hate the gay scene here and I don't. You know, when I was in New York City, I was using all the apps. I don't use the apps anymore. So it's a lot harder to meet people the old-fashioned way. And yeah.
0: Oh, my gosh. That's so sad. We need to get you um, a partner and, you know, just, like, live
1: a little. I'm open to it, but... I don't really want to do if I, if it happens the normal way that people meet people like at the gym, at the grocery store, at a concert, at an event, at an airplane, sitting next to each other, great. But I don't want to do online dating anymore. That's just another job, and I'm not interested in it. And I don't know. I, I, I'm I'm fine. I'm I, I'm happy. Genuinely, I, I would make time and space for a great man, but. I'm not going to do the whole online and apps thing.
0: No, I understand that. I've actually never been on a dating app, so I completely, I'm not against it, but I've just never been on one. Um, I do have one more question before we go. When you meet new people, um, whether they know who you are or not, do they call you Perez or do they call you by your real name?
1: Mario is my real name. Um, it depends. No, who I know. I'm, oh, yeah. Uh, I'm not ashamed of it or embarrassed. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh it depends who I meet and where and what context. Like I love Perez. Yes, I'm ashamed of a lot of things in the past. I regret a lot in the past, but I'm an icon. So <laughs> and you that. know, Perez uh gets me free tickets to concerts and shows and gets me free meals at fancy restaurants. So being Perez is not all bad, okay? <laughs>
0: no absolutely not I just think it's so funny because I when I was like looking at I I literally googled is Perez his real name because I just needed to know um, because some people call me Kale some people call me Kaylin but I feel like it's very personal and I know you from my childhood if you called me Kaylin Um, so I was wondering if it was the same for you like do does your mom call you Perez or does she call you Mario?
1: My mother calls me Mario Armando so the full two names
0: the full name (laughs) (laughs) yes (laughs) I love uh, that. but it depends okay, so who it, was, it depends
1: who and how long I've known them for.
0: I love that. That's so fun. Um thank you so much for coming on Barely Famous. I love getting to know you more. Um feel free to plug anything, your website, oh, your your um social I've got whatever a, you want to plug.
1: I've got a new company. Uh it's a CBD company that I'm really proud of. If any of you are in the market to try some new CBD, mine really works. It's water soluble. So it's a lot more effective. And in addition to the best gummies out there, we recently launched some muscle relief gels to a warming and a cooling gel. So check us out at my 10.com. That's my true 10.com. The best part, it comes with a money back guarantee. We believe in our product Ooh. that much. If you buy it and you don't like it for whatever reason, we'll give you your money back no questions asked so it's my true 10.com i've got my own podcast if you can join me on here on 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 in the barely famous show um it's called <laughs> the perez hilton podcast with chris booker and you can hear it anywhere you stream or watch it on my at perez hilton youtube or listen at perez podcast.com
0: thank you it. so much i so appreciate
1: it thank you Stream the biggest movies and TV shows for free on Pluto TV. Watch movies like Titanic and G.I. Joe, the rise of Cobra plus TV shows like CSI and Star Trek, the next generation starting this month. Check out the 24/7 Stargate channel exclusively on Pluto TV plus hundreds of channels and thousands of movies and TV shows. Absolutely free. Download the free Pluto TV app on your favorite streaming device and start watching today.